You're listening to the Seven Transformations podcast. For access to the latest content, including the show notes to this episode, stay connected at the Seven Transformations.com. Create a life you love. Transformation is an ongoing journey, and it is good that we don't have to walk that path alone. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is my weekly podcast sharing life lessons on and off the competitive floor with a few stories in between. Thank you for joining me on this journey. And now, let's create a life we love. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is my podcast, The Seven Transformations. I'm actually really excited today because I'm here with my awesome friend, Ricky. Say hello, Ricky. Hey, how's it going? And this is actually my first Skype interview. Woo! Ricky and I have been messing around here Mm -hmm. for like the last an hour or whatever it is trying to get the audio settings right. So hopefully this sounds pretty good. But we are going to talk to you today about Ricky's life and creating a life you love. Today is about really looking at a lot of different aspects of her very interesting life. I've known Ricky for a while now. She can tell you more about what she does. But I brought her on the show today to share with you about her interesting life as a professional ballroom dancer and as a dietitian with her own business um, in, where are you at, Ricky? You're in Denver, right? Or Denver, Colorado. Nice. Yeah. So you could tell them a little bit about what you did. You had a recent, you know, move there for ballroom dancing, right? Right. So um, in June of 2017, so just a little under a year now, I had the opportunity to have a professional dance partnership out in Denver and, you know, did a few tryouts. And I had just recently started my practice as a dietitian in Tucson and the opportunity arose and my business was new enough. And where I was at in my life, I was at a really great place where I could just take that leap and move for my dance partnership, as well as move to a place that is really health conscious and there's a great health focus. So it was a great place for me to start my practice as a dietitian, even though I didn't really have much in the way of connections like I had in Tucson prior to my move. Yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge deal. I mean, really leaving everything behind and starting a new life, risking, essentially, you know, risking quite a bit. But I know you were looking forward to that for a while. Uh, As far as the professional dancing part, that was a big change in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was I was competing as a student for quite a while and was looking to make that change because dancing was part of my life that was kind of beyond something I wanted to just do recreationally. And so when that opportunity came up, it just happened that everything kind of fell into place to make it work. But it was definitely a risk. I was prior to that decision. I was definitely a person that was very focused on um you know, making sure I had everything super planned out and, you know, didn't really take too many risks or make any really big changes. Hmm. And so for me to make a decision within two months to pick up and move from like to a whole different city and restart my business somewhere else and go where I didn't have family or a baseline support system was a pretty big deal for me. Yeah, you've been there almost a year now, right? Or, yeah, it's yeah. been about nine months that I've been here. 
how is it going so far over there in Denver? Denver is really beautiful, by the way. I love that place. I've been there only once, but it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's fantastic here. I mean, there's a lot of really great people. There's a lot of opportunities for things to do. Um, with my lifestyle, it's kind of interesting because I'm following a lot of my passions and you know, I get to spend a lot of time in the studio, either teaching or practicing. And then a lot of time just working on building and growing and developing my business. But at the same time, that definitely lacks the ability to have time to build like a social circle, I guess you could say, because Mm. having your own business and then, you know, working at a very small dance studio, you don't really have the opportunity to meet a ton of people and make friends. So one of those you know give or takes where you're trying to figure out kind of how to balance in your life what your priorities are and what's gonna make you most happy at the point in your life you're at do you see clients uh pretty much as far as the dietitian part do you see them how many Mm -hmm. clients a week do you see usually say that again how many clients a week do you usually see with your dietitian business um With my nutrition business, it's definitely, I mean, it's one of those things where it's growing and I've kind of worked to define who my primary clientele are since Mm. I've been here. Um, Right now, I'm seeing right around six to seven clients a week. So for being in a new place for only nine months, I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, But I focus, I have a big clientele base of eating disorders and that's something I'm really passionate about working with. Hmm. Um, but I also work with just general weight management, diabetes, GI conditions and food sensitivities, just kind of that whole wide range. And what really sets me apart and makes me different in what I do as a dietitian is I don't just give you a plan and send you on your way. Um, I give you the plan and we work together to develop kind of a self, a self led plan. Hmm. Um, so I give a, I give my clients a very strong baseline but they really get to make choices and have that authority to still make the decisions about what they're eating i'm just helping them time it out and how much and within each food groups and then we look and see okay we understand what healthy eating looks like now why aren't we doing it Hmm. so i take it to that next level where we really explore the behavioral changes with my clientele yeah and that's and that's what really sets apart what i do and why i see the results that i see because we're going into that behavioral level. So it's, you know, if I'm getting up at 11 o'clock at night and I'm going to town on junk food and snacking, (laughs) am I eating because I'm tired? Am I eating because I'm stressed and going into other ways of handling those, those experiences basically to help manage our food. And I also provide accountability for my clients so they can upload pictures of their food um, to my app that's through the electronic health records that I use. And I can go in there and comment and say, hey, that looks like a great meal that meets your meal plan. Or I can say maybe you're missing a little bit. It really helps them feel like they have a sense of, you know, someone's keeping me in check. So I, I don't want to make a bad decision. Yeah, absolutely. Well, did you, I mean, you're doing this now for how long have you been a dietitian? Um, I've been a dietitian. I graduated in May of 2016. Um, and then I started my first job in July of 2016. So 
just under two years. So not a very long time. What made you get into nutrition and dietitian? Like, did you know that you wanted to do it as a kid or was it something you later developed a passion for? Um, it was definitely a later developed passion. Um, I was always interested in health in the medical field. That was something I was always drawn to. I either wanted to be a dentist or a radiologist or a GI doctor. And I kind of explored all the different medical options. And as I got older, I realized how important nutrition was to me. Right. Um, I had a lot of issues with food sensitivities myself and saw it affect my family as well. And then also that constant struggle that people have with you know, weight gain or weight management. Um, and I had a lot of the experiences myself and it was something that I realized just how important nutrition can be. Hmm. Um, and then when I was looking at school programs, when I was going to start my undergrad at college, I kind of thought, well, regardless of what I want to do, nutrition can give me a path. So I decided, you know, freshman year in college, I started studying nutrition and I did my undergraduate degree in nutrition. Um, through that process, I actually learned what the process was to be a dietitian. I had no idea. Um, and as I kind of went through it, I realized this is what I want to do. And I applied for internship programs and I happened to get matched. So the, the process for a dietitian is similar to like a medical residency. So we apply for internship programs that are accredited and we rank our choices and then the programs go through and they place you essentially. So they mm. say, you know, if you were, if we were ranked second on your list and your first person didn't choose you, but we wanted you, then you'll get into that school. So it's about a 40% acceptance rate across the country. So it's very competitive wow. and very difficult program. But um, I was lucky enough to get into a combined master's dietetic internship program first shot out of school so I got my master's degree and then the second year of my program got my internship then had to take my licensing exam on top of that so it was quite the process but throughout the whole thing I realized how passionate I was about nutrition and the more I learned the more interested I was in what I was doing yeah it just got more and more interesting and it's like every step got you even more hooked on what you were studying kind of like well even with dancing I can relate to that like initially when I started you know mm -hmm. everybody asked me how I started it's like or same I'm sure for you you start one class and you're like eh, I don't know I'll try it and then you progressively get more and more interested in it and it's like those life callings that you never thought you would end up exploring but you know yeah exactly that's and I mean for me exactly like you were saying it was the same process for dance like I was a gymnast for 11 years and had quit gymnastics and was trying to find something else to do. I watched So You Think You Can Dance and learned what ballroom was. A studio <laughs> opened up down the road from my house and, you know, tried my first lesson basically to prove my friends wrong who used to make fun of me for how bad of a dancer I was <laughs> and never turned That's back. <laughs> so it's definitely one of those things where my love for both nutrition and dancing grew in kind of that way where I didn't quite think I was going to take the path I took, but it became a passion through the process. And now you're a professional ballroom dancer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
for all those people out there who who thought I couldn't dance as a kid. <laughs> do you teach too, or is it just uh, like you do um, pr- competing and, and practice, or do you teach as well? Um, so competing and practice are kind of my main focuses, but I have um, in the past six months or so started teaching at the studio as well. So mm. I have kind of a wide range of students, mostly super beginners are on my schedule, but I work a lot with wedding couples and choreography. So, you know, I definitely get to see that transformation in my students throughout their process of learning. Mm -hmm. And it helps me become a better dancer by, you know, exploring how to explain that basic action that maybe we take for granted as higher level dancers and, and really refine what I do in my dancing. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's no better way to learn something than to teach it to somebody else. Absolutely. Well, what did your closest relationships feel when you took that big risk? I'm curious about that moment when you went almost a year ago to (laughs) change your entire life. Your friends, your family, how did they react to that decision? It was actually really interesting because I was... I was terrified to tell my family that I had made the decision that I had made because um, I'm, I'm very, very close with my family. And I, you know, I tell them everything. I would go over there for dinner every Friday night and, you know, very close with them. And it was just something that they knew me as that person that was very methodical, not a big risk taker, but, you know, just worked hard at whatever I did. And so when I, told them I had that opportunity and it was something that I had basically decided to do but I would really appreciate their support essentially um they were like well do you think it's a good idea they were they were skeptical Mm -hmm. and you know I really explained to them because especially you know my family is a little more academic based than arts based I guess you could say so the dancing side of it is what was the hesitation for them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I explained why I wanted to do what I wanted to do and, you know, the fact that I would do anything in my power to also make my nutrition practice grow and prosper. And I told them my plan and what I had devised to make sure that worked. They were like, you know what, this is that one opportunity in your life. If this is what you want, take the opportunity. And they were totally supportive. Yeah, they had some sense that you had like a plan B or, you know, some some of the things that they were valuable to them or that give them a little security in a sense. Yeah, exactly. Like the fact that I, I had really done the research into, you know, how I could make my business work in Colorado where I didn't have the support that I had in Arizona because, I mean, I was very connected with the medical community out there, so I already had a built-in referral base. Mm. Whereas in Denver, I mean, I knew maybe four people. And wow. so, you know, I had to find office space. I had to do a bunch of things, and I had to really focus on marketing and business skills that I didn't really have to know previously. Mm. And so it was, I mean, it was a big jump, but it was something that, because I wanted to pursue my dancing and I didn't want to give up my nutrition, it was it was a journey I was willing to take. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you you mentioned something really important, which actually brings me to my next question about investment. You know, you said you had to learn 
mm-hmm. a lot of new things and things that you didn't have to rely on or know in Tucson. So what mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you had to commit and invest? Obviously, you had to get some office space. There's the resource aspect of it. But what are some of the mm-hmm. things that you had to invest, whether it's learning new things or, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever. I'm not too familiar with the dietitian industry, but yeah, obviously your time is one. So, but... I mean, it was something that, you know, as a dietitian, I, I did receive a lot of education in advance. So the nutrition side of it, I felt pretty confident on, and mm-hmm. I do have people I can always call and, you know, bounce ideas around with within the dietitian community. But in terms of the entrepreneur and business side, it's just something that, you know, we really just brush over in school so it was just ideas and concepts I had no clue like I had no idea how to build a website or you know I'd never attended a networking group or anything like that and so you know when I got out here I kind of explored you know I went door to door to all the doctor's offices within about a 15 mile radius Hmm. and handed out my information and basically said you know this is what I do please feel free to look it over. And if you'd like to set up a meeting, I'd love to talk with you. Um, And then I also, I got involved with a networking group that also provided business and marketing training. Hmm. And for me, that was really helpful because it allowed me to kind of direct my focus on how to market and how to get the most efficiency and essentially market smart as opposed to just throwing things at the wall and hoping they stick. Yeah, work harder, not smarter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was, I mean, it was such a growth period. Like when I moved here, I had a Facebook page, some basic starter business cards, and that was about it. And, you know, now I've got a website where I have clients contacting me directly through. I have a full blog that I post weekly minimum. And, you know, all these different methods of reaching my client base. And I see a lot of great results and feedback from that. That's awesome. Well, can you, with all these things that you're doing, my next question is, what was a challenging time, obviously moving and changing everything uh, to, Mm -hmm. to this new lifestyle? It was a huge deal. So can you share a challenge, one of the most challenging memories you had with this process and how specifically did you get back to motivation, back to, let's say a healthy state of mind? What was, what happened and how did you get through it? Yeah. So it's definitely, I mean, for me, I definitely, there were many times where it was so easy to get overwhelmed by the fact that I was in a brand new city. I mean, I knew my dance partner that I'd met twice prior to moving. Um, I ended up, I actually moved into their house for the first three months I was there. So that helped with my investment side. So wasn't paying rent on top of everything, which I I do have my own place now. Um, But just that concept of getting so overwhelmed with the fact that I was basically starting a brand new life. I was nowhere near any support systems like I had been all the rest of my life. I was either in Tucson or Phoenix growing up. And so I was always close to home. And so having that separation, I think, and just trying to start something from scratch Hmm. can get so overwhelming between, you know, organizing a practice schedule, 
learning how to be a good dance teacher, getting a business started with not even a single client to kind of get the ground rolling or anything like that. And so I think just the biggest challenge was keeping my focus Hmm. and not letting myself get overwhelmed. And because I, I'm definitely someone that I try and do everything at once. And I'm, you know, I, (laughs) I I like to get it all done and, but then I let myself get overwhelmed with it. So it's something that, you know, I, I work a lot with my clients on mindfulness and mindful awareness and those types of activities. And it was something that I really had to implement myself in order mm. to make it a process where I could, you know, reset and say, you know, this is why you're doing this. This is your goal. And what can you do to be more clear about the activities that you're doing to really be successful? When you say mindfulness, I, I totally agree with you, especially if you're doing a lot mindfulness is really important and how do you particularly benefit from that like what do you tend to do do you meditate do you just take time for yourself to have a little coffee or tea in the morning so you can get creative for the day like what's Mm -hmm. your mindfulness practices look like um i've got a couple different ways that i kind of incorporate a mindful practice i'm i've never really been someone that benefits much from meditation my mind goes a little bit too fast for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm more of like an active meditator, I guess you could say. Yeah. So for me being able to, you know, when I have my meals, I make that time a mindful time. So I eat my meals mindfully. I sit at the table, even if it's by myself and I slowly eat and I give myself that time as like, this is my me time is to mm. sit and eat my food and enjoy and be grateful for the fact that I have an awesome meal. Um, in addition to that, just also being able to take the time, you know, if I am stressed and my day is going crazy and I'm getting overwhelmed to take a step outside, get some fresh air and just take some deep breaths and reset. Because if I don't reset and I've, I've seen it with a lot of other people as well, if we let our minds continue racing and we don't give ourselves the those quick moments in the day to just reset our thought process, mm. we're so much less productive and it's, it's stressful and overwhelming when it doesn't need to be. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. Well, what is, uh, you know, kind of sticking on that theme for just a little bit currently, what is a recurring obstacle that you face with your business, with maybe even your dancing, uh, that is just recurring. It's, it's happening, you know, it's part of the process and how do you deal with it? How do you recover from it? How do you accommodate for it? What's a a Mm -hmm. recurring obstacle, maybe the biggest one? So uh, the biggest, I think overall recurring theme that I have to manage is making enough time to dedicate toward both my business, my practice, teaching and self care. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's so easy. You know, I sometimes have, you know, work weeks where every day is a 13, 14 hour day because I go in and we'll do a practice in the morning and then I'll go straight to the office and work with clients the rest of the afternoon. And then I'll go back to the studio in the evening and teach lessons and then practice in the evenings after teaching and then come home and go to bed and get started for the next day. So a lot of the time when my schedule is like that, I feel like self-care sometimes falls through the cracks 
Um, and I just, it's kind of like go, go, go. And you kind of get on that autopilot mode. Mm. So being able to recognize when I'm allowing that to happen too frequently and finding those small moments throughout my day to refocus and say, you know, is there anything I could be doing more efficiently so that it's maybe taking me less time and I have a little bit of a chance for a break or do I need to refocus my efforts into, you know, maybe a little bit less of the marketing work that's not a direct conversion of clientele or do I need to choose a, choose a day where, you know, if I don't have a full client load, I'm working from home so that I can have my kind of more relaxing, tranquil environment to work in. Yeah, it's like finding um, out what's so important. That, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's finding what's important pretty much is delegating and figuring out, okay, what do I need to work on right now? Because time is short. So what is actually important? <laughs> exactly. And that and it can be so difficult because in the moment, everything can seem like the most important. Yeah. And so being able to separate yourself from being so wrapped within that situation and being able to kind of look at it from an outside point of view is so crucial. Well, what advice do you have for people directly in your trade or maybe who are in school and looking to, you know, become a dietitian to do what you're doing? Any advice Mm -hmm. for them? Yeah. Yeah. um, For people that are looking, you know, they're kind of on the path to being dietitians or they're considering it. I actually just had an intern with me for the past month who was in their dietetic internship and they did one of their rotations with me. So it's something I was really focusing on quite a bit and how I can make that experience as good as possible and really being able to provide yourself a variety of experiences and explore what areas of nutrition you're interested in. And also going above and beyond to explore, especially if you're interested in private practice, explore business and marketing and things outside of direct nutrition, because there's so many other components than just the nutrition portion to be successful in private practice, as well as being able to maybe even explore some psychology and, you know, maybe shadow some psychologists or therapists so you can explore the behavioral change side because, so many people forget the importance of psychology when it's related to food and health habits. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, what other areas of your life are you excited about right now? Anything coming up? You got any competitions you guys are going to or any other exciting social things that are coming up for you? I know you don't have much time for social life. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, not too much time for social life, but... Um, we're competing at San Francisco Open this weekend, so leaving on Thursday. Nice, um, nice. So that's, Good luck. We're looking forward to that one. We've done a lot of work on our dancing and making some changes to make sure, you know, results will hopefully demonstrate some of the changes we've made and based on the feedback we've received at our past competitions. And looking forward to that as well as when I'm there, it's going to be my birthday. So, you know, making get a little bit of a trip rather than just a competition so it'll be fun well happy birthday i didn't i didn't realize your birthday was coming up (laughs) yeah on saturday so nice (laughs) what's the uh biggest thing you are grateful for right now in your life um i think the biggest thing right now is just 
the fact that even though I've moved to a new city and, you know, away from my primary support system is my support system at home is still so strong and they're still there for me and 100% supportive, as well as having a dance partnership that's, you know, very, very well supported and, you know, those relationships in my life where I feel like I have kind of that safety um, and ability to just kind of grow as who I am rather than Mm. having to tiptoe around to make a new life in a new city. Yeah. Any final words of wisdom for people listening? I think my biggest thing is don't let yourself get stuck. If you're not happy with what you're doing, don't just complain about it figure out what you can actually do to make a change. And even if it's a little scary, take the risk because, you know, if, if you're willing to consider the idea of making the change, it will be worth it. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Well, how can they uh, find out more about you if they want some help with eating with any kind of diet related stuff, or if they want to see your dance stuff, I guess too, that works. Yeah. Where do they find you? There's, there's a couple ways to get a hold of me. The best place is like, going to be denver's dancing dietitian.com that's my website um it's got all my contact information on there it's got my blog posts it's got scheduling it's got everything you need and if you don't want to go the website route you can find me at a taste of health llc on facebook awesome well thank you so much for joining me on this skype call ricky we made history today is my first Skype interview. So thank you for being my my guinea pig with this. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad I could be a part of it. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Ricky is awesome at what she does. So if diet and, you know, whatever we talked about today resonates with you, check her out. She does. Do you, you do uh, like Skype stuff, right? Like they don't have to live in Denver to talk to you Correct. or see you yeah. or anything like that. I do HIPAA-compliant telehealth counseling, so it is a video chat-type setup, but it's all based through a secure system. Awesome. Yeah, cool. So check her out. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, share it with your friends. All these people that I'm interviewing, they have really interesting lives, and a lot of them also provide wonderful services, transformative services, help in creating, you know, your life and health and all these awesome things. So hopefully they are a good resource to you and your friends. If you also want to support the show, check us out on my website, uh, seventransformations.com. We have a Patreon account now. If you want to support the show that way, that works too. And as usual, I will see you on the flip side. Thank you, Ricky, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You're listening to the Seven Transformations podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. For weekly articles on creating a life you love, stay connected at the